With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The War Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast powered by the World Report. Joining me as always and every week is my guy, Auburn Dean. We're here to talk a little Auburn football. Guys, Auburn played Georgia on Saturday. The Tigers fell 27 to 20 to the Georgia Bulldogs at home. Tons of recruits in the house. It was an exciting atmosphere. Means I was there. You were there. We're going to get into that game. But before we do that, knowing the outcome, we have to update our boss it, toss it, loss it list here. Uh, we're going to start with you. You had this game in the loss column. Uh, do you feel good about that? Was this more of a toss? I mean, technically, this is a win for you. But, like, how do you feel about it being in the loss column? Well, first of all, that was the loudest show introduction I've ever gotten, and I hope we edit that down because my ears are hurting from that one. That you were excited for this episode. Oh, yeah, I am. I am. Any anybody that didn't put Georgia anywhere in the loss column, uh, pass me what you're pass me what you're taking because I don't know, I don't know what got you thinking that made any sense. But yeah, this game was a loss. It was always going to be a loss. It was closer than I thought it was going to be, but I do not think under any realistic situation can you say Auburn I didn't make a bowl last year that is three and two at Georgia's defending national double defending national champion and you could be oh that's a, that was a toss not a toss it was a loss we all predicted it'd be a loss it well, was Auburn had a Auburn. lead in this game like Auburn was up 10 to zero in this one yeah, Auburn's tough to play at home. Vegas saw something. It was a very was a small right. spread. Line they saw breaking. it. N- new quarterback on the road. Auburn, you know, this was Auburn's first big home game. People are going to be excited for it. It's a tough place to play. And, I mean, Auburn's defense has statistically been a little tenacious. And for most of that game until Bowers just decided to wake up, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was close. So, it, it was still a loss, though, but... Okay, it it, right. it had some tossy it had some like tossy moments but it yeah. was never uh, I don't think I don't think I don't think the results of this game were, was a was a surprise or debate to anybody it, it pretty much happened yeah. how we thought it would yeah I agree with you I mean look at the end of the day I had it firmly in the loss column it played like a toss though because it was a one score game going into the fourth quarter and Auburn held a lead uh, for at least a quarter and a half in this one so. As um, long as as long as all the recruits that were there were excited about that, that's really what matters. Yeah, because sure. you know if this game is going to start actually moving up to a toss or a boss, it's going to be for that reason there. Uh-huh. And 
really this show was for them. If you're not going to win it, you want to play it about like this. And let's be real, like recruits are not going to be looking at the advanced stats of this game. They're just going to be looking at the atmosphere, how it was here in the pitches. So from that standpoint, it was definitely a boss. But you know, the, we're 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 playing we're playing for the future here. What they what they say we're playing uh, we're in the end game now. That's kind of <laughs> that's, that's that's where this is at here. It's not a you know, we're, we're not worrying about battles. We're worrying about wars Marvel, right now. Marvel references. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, Auburn lost. Um, this was in the loss column. So score one in the loss column for you. Score one in the loss column for me. Uh, I want to update our listeners on this boss toss and loss list for you. You had UMass, Mississippi State, Sanford, New Mexico State, and Vandy firmly in the boss column. So as of right now, check UMass for you in the boss column and check Sanford. You've got three more teams there. They're all still alive. Mississippi State, New Mexico State, and Vandy. And the toss column, you had Cal, which again, give you credit there, definitely was a toss-up. It played like a toss-up. I got a, I called called a lot of strays for it. I was one of the few brave ones to uh, to predict that, and like so I'm catching strays now for some other predictions. I'm just saying I've been on it with these predictions. So yeah, just, I mean I still feel like Auburn was a better team than Cal. Like, but again, similar to the Georgia game, it play it ended up playing like a toss. You still get the check mark because you didn't put it in the loss column. So check mark there. Uh, Auburn still has to play Arkansas and Ole Miss, which you have in the toss column. In your loss column, Georgia, obviously, which Auburn just played. Texas A&M, which they have played. So you got half of that. It's done, right? Check, check for you. Georgia, Texas A&M losses. Alabama and LSU left to play. LSU is Auburn's next opponent in Death Valley in two weeks. They're on a bye week. So uh, great job there, Beams, uh, on, <laughs> on, your, uh, on your predictions. Now, let's take a look. And what Mike G did here uh, in my in my boss column, I had UMass as well. Mississippi State, Cal, Texas A&M, Sanford, New Mexico State and Vandy, uh, Texas A&M. They let me down, man. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm very disappointed in Jimbo for winning this game. You understand what I'm saying? Like Jimbo was on the field, literally trying to make tackles to win this one and embarrass me for putting Texas A&M in the boss column memes. Uh, but Auburn lost that game, so that's an X for me. Uh, the rest of this is still alive. Now, in the toss column, I had Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Alabama. And in the loss column, the two firm losses that I felt like were going to be Georgia and LSU. Obviously, they lost to Georgia. Again, game played like a toss, but had it in the loss column. And Auburn's next opponent, LSU, on the road in Death Valley in about two weeks. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch that one to see how that goes. So hopefully uh, I'm wrong there. Uh, and based on what you predicted uh, would happen, hopefully you're wrong as well, too. <laughs> and the Auburn Tigers can pull it together. Uh, let's pivot to the game. Uh, again, Auburn lost to Georgia 27-20 to 20 at home. The Tigers put up the most points memes that they've scored against a power five opponent on Saturday um, in putting up 20 on Georgia uh, immediate takeaway. Your immediate emotional reaction to this one was what? Like, I mean, people are all over the place on social media on this one. They're blaming the receivers. They're blaming the quarterback. 
They're blaming Brock Bowers. They're blaming Ron Roberts. There are so many different reactions to this one from a fan standpoint. What was your immediate reaction to this? Immediate, immediate like as the game ended? Yeah, after it was over, what did you feel in, in, in this one? So I was like immediately after, and it, we had some pivots since then because it's always never never tweet and post with immediate mm-hmm. loss reactions, and there, sure. there I go. There I go being my worst version of myself. I was most definitely, and maybe just because I was just staring down this last minute interception because I was, you know, shooting photos right there in the end zone. And sure enough, just interception by Peyton Thorne. Mm. Just nobody at any point in this game wanted to have any clutch in the second half. And it just ended with some anti clutch. I was pretty heated with Peyton Thorne. And a lot of people right now are just dragging wide receivers, but, and it's, it, the blame is to go around. I, I'm not, I don't think necessarily any... My stance on this changes a little bit more after kind of a little bit... You get sleep on it. The blame, you got receivers, tight ends, line, quarterback play. Now, I will say minus Robbie. Robbie did get the touchdown. Every time Robbie was in that game, he made something happen. So we're not going to give any Ro- Robbie any hate here. And uh, I'll, I'll say Batty as well. He was killing yeah, he it. Played a good uh, game. I, yeah, yeah, I think that I think the two of them can kind of rest their head high. Not that they had as many opportunities as everybody else there. Uh, Dylan Wade also was playing lights out, so not the whole line per se, but just I would say uh, Miller, Xavion Miller was having a rough game, and then the high, the very, very untimely high snaps by Jones, especially on that fourth down play, but really cost Auburn a touchdown opportunity. So, and then the coaching. I, I don't think that as a coach, you can, if you have a loss, especially a close loss like that, I don't think you ever just really hang your hat high. But man, we, we plan this one great. I think there's always some takeaways you got to have. For sure. Blame goes around. It was a little bit more heated. I was a little bit more heated on Thorne. I'm judging. I have a, and this is, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, on my hill here. All eyes on me. I do not have allies on this. I'm on an island. I said, Hill, I'm on an island on this, but I will, I will fight from my island i will defend it i'm looking at thorn with the harder take here i'm looking at him i'm judging him harder because this is a dude who has done it at the at the, pack, the big 10 like he's done it at the power five mm-hmm. he's done it at a conference that is right up there in talent in competition with the sec he's put up big numbers he has played in hostile environments he's played well on the road all the things that he's not doing well at auburn he's done He's been in college for three years, started for two of them. What is going on to where this isn't like, this is a guy you look at guys with experience and say, you got to be better. Like you don't judge newer guy. Hey, they're learning. They're getting used to it. This is their first time, but you you didn't bring Jarrett Stidham to Auburn for him to like learn on the fly and adjust. Like, nah, he would, Hey, you've done it. Get in here. You don't have time to adjust because (laughs) <laughs> you're a transfer quarterback cam nick marshall all the other guys you bought it you didn't have this kind of wait and see with them and somehow some way we've gotten a wait and see with thorn and i think everybody's trying to look oh well it's this it's that it's da, 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 da. and i was just disappointed there's been no clutch out of him there's been no big play and did he cost auburn the game like a, maybe a tweet or two could have come out from me no that that was a that was kind of a knee jerk in the moment but could is there something that he's got to do in those moments to put the team on his back, find the open guy, throw the better yeah. throw, tuck it and run, or just in practice, be at a point where the coaches feel like they can 
plan a game plan around your ability to pass the ball, which obviously with 20 attempts. Do you think they think that he can have? Do you think they think he can pass the ball? Look, he he had seven pass attempts in the first half of this game, seven and two quarters. Um, and uh, for reference, um, that was one, two, three, four, five, six drives. Auburn had Thorn had seven pass attempts. How do and you bring in? How do you bring in a guy with seven thousand yards from the Big Ten? Yeah, right. And, and then and be like, all right, hey, we're only for the biggest, highest ranked opponent we're going to have at home. You're only tossing it seven times the first half. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like any sense. you, like he should be a gunslinger. Why is the game plan not predicated around to let him throw? Unless you just think, wow, these wide receivers are that bad. Then if that's going to be the take, then just throw Robbie and then let him run it. Like if you just feel like your guy who can't pass the ball doesn't have the ability to pass, then just all right. Well, sorry, Peyton, it's not on you. It's really on them. So just like Robbie could throw you throw seven passes of Robbie. Maybe some are completed. Maybe some aren't. But like you know what I'm saying? It's 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 not like throw seven pass. You're going to throw only seven passes. Put in the guy who is the better runner. Yeah, I just Uh, I, I just. Yeah, that's what just still blows my mind. And maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's like, I'm not going to say I know all the ins and outs. I'm not trying to be Nostradamus on this. I'm just scratching my head as to make that make sense. At this point, if it's comfortable, if you're not comfortable, if you're in some weird funk, whatever the situation is, like the coach has got to figure out what it is. If they're just, hey, we've put too many chips in, it's too late to change that. I mean, we're, it, we've had five games so far. Like, I, you can't really steer the ship and throw another guy in there at this point. So, I mean, it is, they have made their bed. They got to lie in it with Peyton. That is fine, but they got to do something. So your immediate reaction essentially after was, "Eh, I'm not so sure about Peyton Thorne, right? Like, Uh, yeah, it's what it was. Yeah. I mean, to, to take away that he cost the game, that was the emotions in the moment, but it was very much a, a more level headed synopsis that I, the second part of the tweet that I had that I still kind of think about is, and I don't think this is what is going to happen, but I just sit here and scratch my head and say, how do you not look at the depth chart if this is the result? If you've got a quarterback who in three power five games is only two for two, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 220 yards, he's averaging 75 a game. 73. And yeah. 73. Can't get over 100 yards passing the, the ball in any of these games. Like I looked back 20 years of stats. Mm-hmm. Worst quarterbacks Auburn's ever had. I'm talking the, the Cody Burns. I'm talking Chris Todd in 08 with the gimp shoulder. I'm talking Kyle Frazier, Clint Mosley, even the first half of 2011 when Barrett Trotter was struggling. All of these guys, none of it was anywhere remotely like this. Like they were, these guys are still getting, I hate to make the bar so low here, but they were getting over 100 yards per game pretty regularly passing. Yeah, against good opponents it, as well. Is that, so like, is that a thorn issue or is that a coaching issue in your mind? Right, like it, it feels to me like it, this is a little bit of a game plan issue. I mean, I mean, he only threw seven passes. Now he was sacked on a few plays um, where a, there wasn't an actual attempt. So maybe they wanted to throw the ball, but he only got the ball out of his hand seven times in that first well, half. It's confusing because Hugh Freeze says like he's lighting it up in practice, which I mean I have no reason not to believe him, and I'm sure he, I mean, with as I much do. experience, I do. I, I do. I do have reason not to believe him because in camp I could not get anybody to tell me that Payne Thorne won even one camp. Right? I mean, there was a lot of buzz around Holden. You know, Robbie 
you know, has, was inconsistent, but he would win some days. And I, I'm telling you, I, nobody who not, not one onlooker who watched came back and said, Paid Thorne is lightening it up. I, I have not gotten that. Hugh Freeze is the only person that said that. And maybe he's the only person that matters when it comes to it. But I'd say so. The, That's a pretty but, safe take. <laughs> right. But he but he's the only one that said that. I have not gotten other players to tell me that. I have not gotten any onlooker in some of the closed sessions where other people were allowed to watch, but not media. Nobody came back and told me that. So, well, yeah, yeah, I, I do have reason to doubt him. It's safe to say that from the conversations I've had with people, I mean, everybody from all sides of this argument is most definitely disappointed with the quarterback play. I, I, I can't, I don't think you can not, if you argue anything but that, I, I, I don't know what planet you're on. You can, the level of disappointment and the potential that is, I think the, the weeds everybody's kind of waiting in right now. But as yeah. far as Peyton, what he's doing, what the coaching decision, the mindset behind it, and the co- the thing that I've gotten a lot as well, what if legitimately Peyton is the best option right now, the best of the three? And I sit there scratching my head. I'm like, well, he's putting up, like right now, even if you just were very, very anti-Robbie and you look at Robbie's worst numbers, well, Peyton would be right there with him. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, yeah, he's on track to throw for fewer yards than Ashford did last season. And yeah. Robbie only started nine games. He played in all 12, but he only started nine. With less with, with <laughs> worse line talent and and, and really I would argue wide supposedly supposedly worse wide receivers, right? Yeah. Like, so you yeah, you would have upgrade. I mean, even the guys you brought in and a hurt like, shoulder. And yeah, and he was shoulder. yeah, and he was just injured to oblivion. So I'm sitting there kind of scratching my head like all right. Well, I, I I cannot see how he'd be worse. Maybe even, but I'm like, if any, if it's how could a healthy Robbie with more weapons around him and a good line be worse than last year? Then if he is, doesn't that speak poorly of Hugh Freeze and Montgomery for like well, not right. coaching him up? Well, well so here's like, what that's here's what I sit there scratching my head and wonder. Unless the game plan has just been so predicated around Thorn since May that it would just be like we, but now it's just not. tear it down. But now yeah. it's not though, right? Because you're running the ball, and like again, the game plan on Saturday. Let's be honest; it was more suited to Robbie Ashford's talents. Like that was a game plan that you call with Robbie, and we're going to get in a second. Means we're going to get into some of the actual calls that you know Hugh Freeze was asked about in the post game uh, mm-hmm. presser. But you know, you know, just like I know, when we're at the game, and for everybody listening, we are we're watching the game, but we don't get to see a lot. Right. And and what do I mean by that? Well, the Jalen Simpson interception was absolutely ridiculous. It is one of the most ridiculous plays I've seen this year. And we got no sense of how ridiculous it was actually being in the stadium or and and particularly in the press box. Like I know he got the pick and it looked like he wrestled it away. But, you know, watching the television broadcast, you go back and you look at that and you're like, wow, like he was was an incredible play. Yeah. Incredible play. Um, So. You're looking at this not until the rewatch that you start to notice certain things. And what I noticed was that they don't seem to trust Peyton Thorne to throw, or they don't trust receivers to catch. Now, I, I would, I would, I would. It's a chicken. And it. It's it's a chicken and egg thing for me because I don't generally know what it is either. I think right. there's a lot of. I think the narrative right now is people really want to because. Let's just be honest. None of us are coaches, so to sure. say any of us have the answer, 
incorrect. So this speculatory narrative, because as I want to remind everybody one more time, nobody here as coaches is listening, minus the coaches who probably are listening. But aside from you guys, the narrative around this thing is it's the receivers. They don't trust the receivers. They can't make the play of the receivers. That very well could be true. Maybe it's quarterback. Maybe it is both. I think it is more likely both. I think it's both. But I'll tell you what, one definitely comes before the other. Right. So when you throw a questionable pass and then everybody gets on the receiver because technically the ball caught there, got there, but the receiver didn't pull off some spectacular catch against all odds with the defender right in his face. I have a problem with that narrative. I do. And go. I would challenge you to go back and look at, um, you know, on the Georgia side, you know, Bowers made some crazy catches. But mm-hmm. you know what Beck did was he put the ball where it had to be most of the time. And then he uses elite athleticism some of the time <laughs> to help his quarterback out. And if you're alleging to me that Payne Thorne threw a bunch of perfect passes that weren't caught on Saturday, I'm sorry. Like, you're wrong. <laughs> That's not what happened. These were highly contested. Like, you know, you, you saw that there was the infamous Twitter video uh, put out by our guy sidelines where. He didn't really, he wasn't really stating an opinion, but the insinuation was that can the I, receivers weren't catching wide open can passes. I, like, so I said yeah. this, I, I said this when I was on the Auburn Daily podcast, which, okay. which you know, I'm hosting now. I don't know if I'm allowed to plug myself sure. on the show. So oh, wow, there. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, check it out. Dang. But and I want to say I want to say what I said there because I, I I still believe this point and I'm not knocking because so, all this stuff is it's good to drive conversation that is what this is all about at the end of the day right wrong it's conversation it's why we love the sport so I don't I don't like necessarily attacking how dare somebody even say that like, it doesn't matter it's not that deep what I will say to critique it the tweet read you know what it uh it hit him in the hand six times so how i would reword that tweet to make it maybe a little bit more accurate would be receivers got hands on the ball but to say it hit him in the hands is kind of insinuating these guys were wide open they weren't Mm -hmm. tightly contested throws and they dropped them let's think back to like cedric jackson with bo nix and there were tons of those balls where they would come and those are some of the most egregious drops ever yeah these guys would be wide open. open Nobody hit him around the, him. Yeah. Hit him in the numbers, standing still, not in stride, and just plop, and it would just fall to the ground. And you sit there ripping your hair out, and say, "How was that happening?" To defend my receivers for a second, that was not the situation that these balls are being thrown at. Now, on the flip side of that, to be objective here, so everyone's not like, "Oh, he's a homer. He hates Peyton or what, whatever." People have been saying, "Yes, I do." A hundred percent bind to the argument. There is a time where these guys have got to make a play. It happened last week at AM. Robbie threw two very similar throws. Yeah. And the receivers just have to go up and get the receivers yeah. didn't. Yeah. It, they're well contested throws. They weren't the perfectest throws. And that's the funny part is like when Robbie throws in, people are like very, very happy to critique the throw. But when Peyton <laughs> makes the same throw, like just crickets on that. But anyway, don't have to go there. But they were very similar situations. And I said it when Robbie did it. And I will say it when Peyton did it. Peyton did put a lot of those balls in places to where receivers. Could make, make play. plays on him like yeah. the one to fair like the one to fairweather it was tough and he had a lot of body control to twist and get it and props your georgia's number one team in the country there's a reason to think national championship because they put other teams players in positions to make 
tough catches like that. That is what they're sure. trying to make Auburn do. And more times than not, when they're well defended, you're just not going to come down with them. And I think the fundamental problem is there's only six. If you aired it out more, you play the odds. But yeah, Fairweather, got to get one of those snags. I think the one to Malcolm Johnson Jr. where he came down on the sideline. I mean, the Georgia guy made a, defo- a good play on it. It looked like he, he knocked punched it out. out while he was airborne. <laughs> on landing on his back and he was concussed <laughs> after the play right but like the, the one before that where he had to lay out and dive if you were diving forward arms fully extended and you don't that's not a drop <laughs> and you have a defender like on top of you like by no definitions of yeah, a, a yeah. drop like a professional analysis like that is not a drop that is a low percentage and yeah you will get elite elite guys that can make that play at the collegiate NFL level, but like there's a reason they call plays where you're like catches on that caliper mossing people. Like if well, I catch a wide open slant, I'm not calling that mossing because well, it's mean, just what you're expected l- to do. Let me add this, right? Like I think that the context that people need here is is that if your receivers are doing that all of the time, Right, because let's be clear, on a lot of those plays, it, on none of them was there not a defender around. Jarquez, okay, Jarquez. But Jarquez right, right. isn't a, not, a receiver. Not a receiver. He's not it was a receiver, bad, right? was yeah. a, that was a and, drop, and, that and was on Jarquez. Gonna, and those are going to happen during the game, right? Like, yeah. we're not looking at any single play and saying, see, look, right, it's the, cul- it, it is, is there enough, is there a culmination of enough of them that are egregious enough for you to say that you have really have a problem? And to me, the answer is no. Like, Auburn's problems in the passing game are systemic and widespread, and there's plenty of blame to go around everywhere. But I'm not putting even the line share of it on the receivers. Um, the pass to Jay Fair is the one that the, the people arguing this with me is the one that irks me the most. Yeah, that, right? was, a, that was a – okay. Right? Uh, it, was, it was a slant. It was a bad it was throw. A, it, was, it was a bad throw. And right. it shouldn't have gone to him. It should have gone to Brown. Correct. And if I would argue, if your if your receiver is leaving his feet on a throw like that, it's a bad throw. Period. Yeah. Right? So I, the, I the said safety, this. The safety was closing off the front side memes, and because you made him leave his feet, even if he had caught that before his feet hit the ground, he was going to get absolutely destroyed on that play. Like the chances of him holding onto that ball were slim to none, even yeah, if I've he got, had caught it. Yeah, I've got memes cam on this one because I was shooting in the end zone for this. And I okay. might, I think, I, I hope I still have the video of this play. And if I do, I'm going to send it. So I saw this from a perspective that nobody from the broadcast booth did. Or, or from, excuse me, from the broadcast watching at home. Mm-hmm. I had a very unique perspective. And here was the thing about it. Watching it from the angle I saw it at one, there were multiple people around me that were like, oh, look at Jay right there. He's Because he's, Thorne was looking at him pre-snap. He was angled his eyes that way. You could see it in his helmet. We have the same vantage viewpoint as the Georgia secondary, we're just a little further behind them. So if we can see it from where we're at, secondary is definitely seeing it. Every, multiple people around me are like, oh, look, Jay. Like, it, little, it, it, if the photographers and the fans and the whoever standing in the, like right there in front of the student section know that's what's coming, you think the well-trained guys that are watching film and just studying this game, sun up to sun down, know what's happening. They kept Jay Fair in the middle. They contained him. Just don't let him get the first. They were on him, ready to make the play. Right. And I get it. The adrenaline's pumping. It comes down that moment. Thorne let it out with too much heat. That's a tough throw. Not necessarily a tough throw to execute, but just in the moment. There's a lot going on there. It's heavy adrenaline. Well, let me, from- correct, let, me, let me correct you there, right? It was only too much heat for how high he threw it. If you put that on the body, that's the correct velocity. 
On the well, he, threw it, he, he threw it too high, and he also didn't put the placement on. He threw it kind of behind him. He didn't get it in front of him to where he could step into it. He had, to, As he said, he had to jump up to get it. If you throw that ball to Brown, who's obviously got a lot of height and verticality on Jay Fair, then that makes a little bit more sense. And also throw it to the bigger guy who might have a chance of grabbing that ball and trucking a dude to throw it. Because that's a got to get a first down play. Now, third and short's better than fourth and long or sorry fourth and short's better than fourth and long but if jay fair had caught that ball or even made it come come down come down with it that safety was of going to obliterate oh, man. he was gonna get he was gonna get killed on that play um so so we agree the, the the receivers you know while they can do better for their quarterback the quarterback can also do better for his receivers like i said it, 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 the, the problems in the passing game to me, start with play calling, start from the front, start from the beginning. It starts with play calling um, because you called, you had seven pass attempts in the first half. And let's be clear. They were, they were going to need to pass the ball to win this game in, in a yeah. tight game at the end. Let and they had no rhythm to the passing game. Yeah. The let them get in rhythm a little bit. And that, that yeah. was kind of my thing about it too. It's just like, help them, help them get in a groove. This is not going to be, yeah, Auburn did great rushing the ball. Some of the most rushing yards that George has taken in, I think it was like five years, I think was the stat. But at the end of the day, like, if you're going to beat the number one team in the nation, you're going to need some semblance of balance. You did not, you definitely didn't have it the first half. And then when you did actually need to start passing the ball, you're kind of, you're getting, you get loosened up, you're getting cold. And they were like, oh, they got to, they got to make the plays. We'll put them in a position to where, it's not do or die. Get them warmed up. Get the confidence right. going. Maybe I'm a couch coach. Maybe that's a that's a horrible take. <laughs> and that's where I would kind of blame that a little bit. Like I said, blame to go around. I'm not saying, oh, it's all the receivers. Oh, it's all Peyton Thorne. Oh, it's all the line. Oh, it's all the coaches. There's a there's a mix across the board. And thankfully, they're in a bye week. So hopefully, a lot of these things can be evaluated and see, hey, where do we need to do it? And I'm sure with the in-depth evaluations that the coaches have, they've got the all 22 film. They can see kind of who's at fault because one thing we could not tell from the broadcast were any of these throws that Peyton Thorne were making were there better options to throw to, were there better reads that he should have made? Did he yeah. make the actual right well, read or check on a play? Well, like, we don't know all that because we don't know actually what the play was designed to do. We're not a coach; we don't have well, the playbook. Well, we do know a little because they've talked about it in some of these post game press conferences that you know there were options there. There there were missed reads and there were open receivers where the ball should have gone someplace else. Yeah, but uh, we but, don't have specific. But they didn't say the specific play. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, but we but we know like there are other guys open. I mean, that's kind of been like a theme of the season, right? Is is that and some of these plays, the ball should have gone someplace else, and it didn't. Um, I want to close talking about where Auburn goes from here. It's a bye week, right? Um, you've got some injuries uh, defensively that you hope you get Jalen Simpson back. Um, and we didn't talk about it a bunch here, but the defense deserves a bunch of credit in this one. I felt like they played at a championship level, all 100%. things considered, um, and kept kept Auburn in this game. They're going to need them to continue to do that if they're going to try to get W's moving forward. But you've got LSU, you know, in two weeks in Death Valley. Uh, you know, what do you expect to see from Auburn? Like, okay, what's the one thing, based on what you saw on Saturday, what's the one thing you want to see from Auburn in Death Valley on Saturday against LSU? Defensive, offensively, or just in general? In general. Just, like, what's the one thing, man, that you want to see? Biggest area well, of improvement. Well, I've said this, and the reason Auburn is playing where they're playing out at the level 
is the fact that this defense is able to generate turnovers. We didn't get into this uh, as much in the show as uh, I probably could have gone off on, but I'll just kind of get a little bit of teaser to it. The touchdown you got against Cal was a defense got a turnover, gave you a short field. I'm going to pause the other one for a second. Mm-hmm. The one against the one touchdown he got against AM was the de- a defensive. Uh, was that a fumble, like a fumble six? Was that a pick? It was it a a yeah, I think they had, they, I thought they had a pick six against AM, did they not? I couldn't remember if it was a, a fumble. But anyway, you saw, you saw, they took it to the house. It was, it's not, oh, yeah, right? oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a pick yeah, six. Yeah. It was a pick six. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the two touchdowns you got against Georgia was once again interception and a fumble recovery from the defense that gave Auburn a short field to punch in for a touchdown. So the issue is against your power against power five teams, Auburn has only had one drive, and it was the one against Cal. I think it was 69 yards. Mm-hmm. Balanced drive, no penalties or anything to push your field. That got him a touchdown. So right now you have not you have not at power five level Auburn has not actually had a long sustained drive that wasn't a result of a turnover except once that resulted in a touchdown form. Yeah, that to me is scary. But the fact that the defense has been able to do that was something they've been struggling to get turnovers for a long time is great. That would honestly from the beginning of the season probably be my biggest thing. So like we've already checked the number one, but I think the the fullest the fullest. Monty to complete the list on the defensive side that I would just probably like to see in general because I think it's going to be the most sustaining for success. It's going to be if this team can generate some pass rush. That yeah. was uh, and, uh, Georgia's offensive line is everything about Georgia's elite. And to be like, well, why couldn't they just run? like that's a really good line? And Beck did have a lot of time to throw, and people were mad about Bauer. You give Carson Beck and Bowers a little bit of time, they're going to find a way to connect, and they did. Mm-hmm. But if that if the young guys, like I said, you know, Keldrick Falk, especially, and uh, I guess uh, McAllister's out there and uh, McLeod and McAllister, they're both not hurt, right? I can never keep track of even who's hurt at any. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So if those guys can start to really kind of get rolling and start getting some of these sacks or doing what uh, doing what Roberts has done and kind of mixing up some of these blitz packages. That's going to be the key if they can really start getting that pressure, especially if they can start getting it without having to bring extra guys. Mm-hmm. That will completely change the dynamic. And it's it's shown that if the offense can get some short fields, that's been where they've had their points of success. I don't know what it is about the psych- <laughs> psychologically when they get a short field, all the light bulbs start to come on. And when they got to look down 80 yards, they just kind of curl up and punt. So, so, if, sustained, if can, so sustained drives. Right, sustained drive. Sustained drives on the, the offense. A balanced yeah. sustained drive on the offense. Just complete it. And when I say sustained drive, I don't mean all right. We're 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 midway to the field. We're we're doing well. It's third and long. Oh, we didn't get a pass. Darn it. Oh, pass interference. Bam. Fifteen yards. All right, we're back. Like no, n- n- don't let the other team give you something. Don't let it be a massive busting coverage or you get a big. I mean, I'm talking sock them in the jaw the entire way down the field and end it with a touchdown. Mm. No, no gimme penalties. No, well, that drive was really predicated on the fact that there was a massive hole and guys were off assignment and Auburn got a 42-yard run or something like that. I mean, I'm talking just chip them away, 10 to 12 plays, you know, max 10 yards, and just bam, 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 boom, punch it in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Do something like that. That's what I want to see. And I want to see it more than once. Like I want to see that regularly to where the offense gets that balance against good competition. And then I'm going to say, all right, I feel good that the offense is moving 
in the right direction. I don't want it to be, mm-hmm. well, it looked good, but the other team gave it to you. Yeah, defense, give me some pass rush. And Oscar Chapman is the best player on the team. Dude has been <laughs> punting <laughs> out a great season. freaking mind. Clutch, that massive clutch punch of the, the, the wolf snap against A&M. He pinned Georgia deep with some perfect punts. Dude has got a leg made of freaking steel. Love him. Keep it up, Oscar. Well, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. They're at the kind of midway point of the season, right? It's only been five games, but after LSU, they'll be at the exact midway point of the season. Uh, We are at the end of this podcast, though. So uh, I want to thank Auburn Means for joining me uh, to talk a little bit about how Auburn did against Georgia and what they need to do moving forward. We'll be back at you guys next week. Uh, to talk some more Auburn football before they go down to LSU. Again, this is the bye week, so Auburn's got a weekend to think about it and to try to get healthy uh, and get some guys back on the field. We know Keontae is probably not is definitely not coming back because he had surgery, but hopefully they have Jalen Simpson and possibly Damari Alston available next week in Death Valley against Brian Kelly's Tigers. I want to thank everybody for listening. Guys, this is the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. Mike and Memes, we'll be back with you guys next week. We're signing off, as always. War Eagle. War Eagle.